The Toronto Maple Leafs signed their final free agent on their to-do list. Is there more to come? Well, the Athletic looks at some potential bargain players Leafs could potentially shop for. And it was a Leafs clash at the Mitch Marner wedding. We'll recap all that and plus some other notes on this edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. As always, Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast, so make sure you subscribe for free where you get your podcast from and catch us up on YouTube each and every day, Locked On Leafs. We are down to three episodes in the summertime, so if you're wondering why we're not doing five episodes a week, it's because we're in the off-season mode. We're going to be doing three episodes a week just until roughly around when training camp comes around. So we're going to be sticking to three episodes for now, but we will be back to doing five episodes every day. If you are listening to this for the first time, thank you for making us your first listen. Also, if you're listening to this for the first time today, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. So make sure you go and listen to past episodes as well over at Locked On Lease in case you need to get a little catch up. The days in between gives you a chance to catch up. I know for some people it is tough to get caught up on every episode. It's summertime. You should be spending some time outside. I am too, but we're, we're going to keep this Leafs content going for you each and every three days a week until we go back to our regular five days a week. A little bit light on the news. Obviously, we don't have a lot to report on in terms of you know, the big news we're still waiting to drop if there's a potential move to come down with a potential trade. Uh, the contracts extension we're still waiting on for Nylander and Austin Matthews. We'll get to those guys a little later in the show. But we did get some news. I I, I don't know how many of you put, uh, have subscribed to notifications on Twitter. I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it X or whatever they want to call it. Um, but I'm sure many of you follow Leafs, the Leafs and Leafs PR. Obviously I do. And I get the, obviously the media information from the Leafs when announcements are made. So when I got the Leafs PR notification on my phone, I'm like, Oh, we got some news. And then it was Nick Abruzzese getting the two year, two way contract extension. Obviously not the news people were looking for, but at the same time, still some, you know, important business to get done because you know the Leafs had this one last free agent to get signed so it is a two-year two-way contract so basically uh Abruzzese will make 775,000 for the next two seasons at the NHL level we do not know what his AHL salary is going to be I suggest it'd be a pretty decent salary considering he was actually one of their top offensive contributors uh with the Marlies last year he played 69 games there he has 16 goals, 48 assists, and then he has seven points in seven playoff games with the Marlies, too. Uh, now, 24 years old. So, obviously, this is a player now who's out of that, I would say, getting out of that prospect territory. I, I, would give, I gave him a little more leeway because, obviously, 
He remained in college, so it took a little bit longer for him to make that, you know, jump for professional hockey. You know, drafted in 2019, so it it took a few years for the Leafs to eventually get him to come and sign. Um, following his time over at Harvard, so I think what you're seeing here is just another player that is going to be, you know, battling for a spot in training camp. The fact that he doesn't need waivers likely puts him in a position where he'll get sent down. I, I would expect that, you know, Nick Abruzzese will be the one, you know, a top line player for the Marlies going, going to the season. If there's an injury, he's the first one that gets called up, right? The good thing about it too, is his contract is actually relatively inexpensive. So if you go back to the last episode where I talked about the salary cap situation and the Leafs needing to find a way to penny pinch a little bit, a contract like Abruzzese is pretty good because it's seven hundred seventy-five thousand. It's a cheap contract, you know. If you need to squeeze an extra hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, having him on the roster, as opposed to, I mean, he's already making twenty-five thousand dollars less than Pontus Holmberg, which might not seem like a lot, but when you're looking to get yourself, you know, cap compliant, a deal like that certainly does help. So, you know, good for him to get back for two years. I think at this point now, you're hoping that. Yeah, if, if it's not a the worst thing if he's not an everyday NHL player. You know, he was I think the expectation wasn't that he was going to be this, you know, can't miss prospect, but I do think that you do eventually want to see some of these guys be contributors and step up in some way. So, hopefully that's something that we can expect from the former fourth round pick from the 2019 draft. Important business for the Leafs to get done because now they don't have to worry about anybody else that need to get signed. I mean, this wasn't a concern, obviously, but they finally get that one done. So those ones are done. Now we have to see what's going to happen with the rest of the roster. There's still a lot to figure out. You know, are the Leafs going to trade for a defenseman? Are they going to trade a defenseman off this team? Are they going to find some solutions to improve the you know up front? especially depth scoring. These don't have a lot of room. They don't have a lot of space to add players. So we're going to discuss just maybe if they're going to, if they do consider go that route, who are some players that the athletic actually put out an article that I uh, scrolled through and I gave a pretty good read of the players. So we'll dive into that. Plus the Mitch Marner wedding seemed like the party of the summer. Almost. It's like the A-list party for hockey for, especially if you're a Leafs fan or if you're an NHL fan, a lot of the guys were at this wedding. It seemed like the place to be. So we'll discuss uh, we'll discuss that and more on the other side here on the Locked On These Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's edition of the Locked On These Podcast is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line over under who could hit the first home run, how many strikeouts a potential Blue Jays pitcher could have in the game, how many hits a player is going to get, if he's going to get a stolen base. There's so many ways you can make money. And obviously, the NHL futures are starting to come out on FanDuel, so you can look at that. All on the app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB or any other league than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. 
That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease Podcast. It's your team every day. And if you are listening every day, I really do appreciate it. Uh, I did say after the Fan Friday episode that part of the reason why Mike got on the show is he took the initiative to uh, reach out to me to get on the show. And we had, I've had, I think, at least three or four messages since. So if you were one of those people that did message me, I have seen the message. There's two reasons why I haven't responded. Got a, been a little bit of a busy weekend, work-wise especially. MLB trade deadline is, well, by the time you're listening to this, it's MLB trade deadline day. So work was a little busy for me on that front. And also, Mike is coming back. <laughs> he is coming back. I believe he's back this week. So I got to discuss with him. We got to kind of go through how we want to plan the next Fan Friday and how he wants to roll it out because it's gonna be it's gonna help us in these summer months, where summer days where we don't have as much content to discuss. So might as well bring a fan on and have a, a good time that way. So if you reached out to me, got your name down, I'll probably get back to you within the next you know day or two just to kind of go over things and hopefully we'll get another one going on friday so i have looked i have gotten your message i'm not ignoring you i just you know i gotta get i'm trying to get to things so i will get back to you don't you worry i uh you're you guys are important to us you are our fans you make us successful so we definitely want to make sure that we're giving every effort to do what uh we can make you guys happy too so uh, I talked about an, an, an article with The Athletic. Uh, Joshua Cloak actually put it together. Just looking at free agent uh, targets that the least could consider as kind of the bargain bin kind of shopping. So I'll go through some of the players and I'll give my thoughts on them. It's, it's kind of standard. You know, you, there's not many players right now available who, when you're looking at what the Leafs need and the fits and what makes sense, there are some players, but how many of them will actually make sense for the Leafs? So, um, obviously, there's also teams with RFAs that they still got to get done. So, maybe the UFA market will change once some guys are signed as well. So, the first one actually that was put out was Jonathan Taves. If you listen to our free agency preview show, Jonathan Taves is actually among one of the top free agents I thought the Leafs should have gone after. Because... At this point of his career, Jonathan Taves is not looking to probably play significant, a significant role. I understand injuries have been a concern for him. So this is somebody who's more of a you know bottom six player. He still had 31 points in 53 games. So if you're looking for someone that can provide some offense low in the lineup, I still think Jonathan Taves could do that. The obvious question here is, is he still want to play, right? Because I know there was reports that maybe he's not wanting to play because, you know, he has missed a lot of time and he's had quite a few injuries. The other one is, you know, he's coming off an expensive deal. How much will he want? I mean, I don't expect Jonathan Taves to command a massive salary. I'm thinking this is a guy that's going to be in about the million dollar range. I mean, can the Leafs even really afford that? That's the other thing they have to consider here as well. So I wouldn't I wouldn't even say fit is the first thing. I think just do they want to command any sort of, you know, big salary to a player? I mean big salary in terms of what role he would provide to a player that in your bottom six. You've already spent quite a bit on your bottom six. The I think for the addition in terms of what he would provide, um, you know, unless he's willing to do like the Joe you know, Jason special Joe Thornton 
like deal where he wants to try to win again, maybe that falls in the least favor here. Cause they're, I think, I think you could obviously see a potential place where Jonathan Taves could be a bottom six, fourth line center for this Leafs team, third line in case of injury. But again, it's a tough fit. I think maybe he's still waiting to see whether he wants to play again. So that's something to consider there. The next player was Zach Aston Reese, somebody we're all very uh, familiar with. Didn't sign until training camp, right? He was on a PTO, and the Leafs finally were able to sign him after they made some moves with their salary cap. Um, maybe I'm a, I'm a little surprised Zach Aston Reese didn't get picked up yet, just because he he did produce as a fourth line player. Yeah, he's not a center, so that's something to be considered. But I guess maybe. Teams aren't willing to go out and get a Zach Aston Reese player right now. Uh, the next one is obviously a bit of an interesting one. I know that there are some players who have thought about this when Kyle Dubas was here with Brad Schlipping. I don't know if that same interest would ever be around, but Jesse Pugliarby, Um, We do know that he has been dealing with quite a few injuries, right? And this is obviously a reclamation project, if there ever was one. Obviously, things didn't work out in Edmonton with Pugliarvi. He then was found his way over to the Carolina Hurricanes, and that didn't really uh, obviously, rec- you know, end the way that I guess he or the Hurricanes would have wanted. I mean, this is a player who's dealt with quite a bit, you know, throughout his career. So I don't know where I don't know where things would stand right now with Poyari in terms of what he wants to do for next year. I do think that you know a guy who had double hip surgery, teams are going to be very wary of that. Can he actually you know play right at the level that's needed? I don't think you know. I don't think teams are looking to do that deal right now. They're going to probably want to see how he looks after the surgery and all that. So. I you know I could also see if the money's not there if the role's not there for him he could go back to Finland for a year we do know he spent some time in Finland when things weren't going right with the Oilers so I do see Pujarvi as a player that could go back to Finland for the year just to kind of get himself back in order there. The next player was a was an interesting name that we've heard in the past Sam Gagne I know I'm saying interesting name a lot but I, these are interesting names to me Sam Gagne he's a player I thought about but I do think that. At this point of his career, yeah, 33 years old. He's clearly, you know, just a fourth line, you know, a depth player again. Still a guy that I I think can produce, right, at the NHL level. We know that things didn't go well in Edmonton and how that all kind of fell apart. And then Vancouver, he was brought there and it, uh, you know, he was there, but then he was sent over to the AHL. He says, well, you're going to send me the AHL. Send me. I want to go play with the Marlies. Be a little bit closer to home. Stayed in Canada, so that, that was good. Um, he was with Detroit the last... He was with Detroit for three years. He actually had 31 points in 81 games in 2021-22. Then he was with the Jets. We know he was with the Jets last year. 14 points in 48 games. 8 goals in 48 games. Not a bad clip for him. He's usually in that 9-10% to 10% shooting percentage. So if the Leafs are looking for a depth score, they could do no worse than Sam Gagne. And I'm sure to come back home and play at home, he would take the, the minimum to do it. 
that's the one I could see potentially as a PTO option if the Leafs are looking to do that. Just for some insurance, you don't have to give him any guarantees or anything like that. You sign him to a PTO. If he makes it, you can sign him, and if things get tight, you can put him on waivers because I don't think anyone would pick up a Sam Gagne off of waivers from the Leafs. Um, and then, obviously, there was some PTO, a PTO option. Derek Broussard, 35 years old. He is someone that when you look at the last few years, he's played for a lot of different teams. He's obviously at the journeyman stage of his career. Good playoff performer in terms of when he actually was in the playoffs. He can provide some offense lower in the lineup. Again, just like is he better than the options you have? Those are things you have to consider. Uh, You know, he did have 13 goals in 62 games with Ottawa, which is actually not a bad clip. For a guy who's mainly a bottom six player. Obviously, he can play center, 50% on the faceoff draws. So, not the worst type of player to go and target if you feel like you need somebody with that veteran experience. Uh, the last time he was in the playoffs, well, played a lot in the playoffs, was in 2020 with the New York Islanders, and he had eight points in 18 games. So, someone who is clearly, you know, capable of playing in that style of hockey. So not the worst suggestion with Derek Broussard. And then if you're looking at like defensemen, uh, Cloak brought up Ethan Bear, who was not qualified by the Canucks. So he's a UFA. He had shoulder surgery because of an injury he suffered at the World Championships. There's a little bit of pedigree here with, with Ethan Bear, right shot, not the most offensively gifted defenseman, but there were some good metrics in terms of analytics with him. I feel like he could be a a decent option if the Leafs feel like they could get him on a cheap PTO or on a prove-it deal. I don't know if that's something he's looking for. And obviously, the shoulder surgery is something you have to weigh out and see how that's going to impact him as well. But again... Like some of these names are actually not bad names. The last one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and that was Scott Harrington. Uh, played with the Ducks, played actually average 18 minutes. I mean, when you're with well, the Ducks, really didn't have many, especially no decent, didn't have a decent season. They were tanking, well, not trying to win, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, former, we do know that he actually spent some time in Toronto, didn't really. I mean, it was a pretty forgettable tenure in Toronto when he did come. He was part of the deal that sent Kessel. If I'm not mistaken, it was the deal that sent Kessel to uh, Pittsburgh. He was part of that deal with Kappen and all those things. Uh, he's a second, former second-round pick. Not terrible in terms of size, six foot two, 204 pounds. So he's got some size, local you know, Kingston, Ontario native. I just don't know where exactly he would fit in all this. He's obviously a depth defenseman. I guess maybe some people saw what he did with Anaheim and think maybe he's the guy that can provide some depth. I mean, there's worse defensemen you could you could consider in these in this case. I mean, there's just really not. If you're looking, I'm looking at cap friendly as as I'm talking right now, and I had kind of a list here of players, and it really isn't that many great options unfortunately when you're looking at ufas at this point 
Like obviously everyone's thinking about Patrick Kane. He's somebody I don't think the Leafs are going to go after. Thomas Tatar would be an interesting depth add as like a third line, fourth line guy. You know, I don't know if that's where he sees himself at this point of his career. Uh, you look at, I mean, there's really just not that much here, especially with uh, with Fords. Like, no one that really screams out, like, why aren't the Leafs signed this guy already, right? So I do think, uh, I do think that there there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some players to keep your eye on, you know, down the road here if you're. If you're looking to add some guys, just uh, if you're just looking to keep keep your eye on players for PTOs or late signings, maybe if you look at a Max Comtois, I did hear about it. You know, maybe he's someone that uh, could pop up potentially. We'll see. I don't know. Um, don't know if that would make the most sense in terms of uh, fit. In terms of, I think he'd want to get more playing time with another team, a team that's maybe doesn't have that, that needs to add some players to play more significant roles. I don't like Matt. That's why I think Comtois would do in that, that scenario. So not, not there's some, some names to keep an eye on, but no one that screens on say the Leafs, they got to get on this right away. I don't think they were, they're at that point because they do not know what their salary structure is going to be like going forward past this season. I mean, these are, I know that these are depth options for this year, but I think they're trying to figure out what else they have to figure out for this season in terms of if they're going to make any more potential significant changes to the uh, to the roster. All right, we're going to take uh, our final break here, and when we come back, I want to bring up the wedding of the year. It seemed like just by looking at the social media feeds the, um, this past weekend with Mitch Marner tying the knot, we did hear that that was coming this summer, and. Also, a couple of other news I just want to get out of the way in terms of Leafs news that I did here over the weekend that I wanted to bring up. So we'll discuss that on the other side. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to welcome you all back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. David Morissuti here, and this might be the last solo show I have to do. Mike said he is back this week. We're trying to work out you know, when he, he's coming, coming back, obviously from Europe. So he's got to get that time change all sorted out. So we're going to work on when we're going to get Mike back into the rotation here. Be nice to get Mike back. And I'm sure many of you are waiting uh, patiently to have Mike back. And we will obviously catch Mike up on some of the things maybe he has missed. I know Mike's been keeping up on things on social media. You've seen him tweeting. So he's not totally out of the, uh, out of the loop, hopefully when he comes back, but we'll catch him up. We'll catch them. That's what we do here. There might be people who went on vacation and didn't work. I mean, first off, if you're on vacation, you have a, you listen to the podcast. Thank you. Um, if you haven't been listening and are just trying to get yourself back in order, that's fine too. We'll catch you up when Mike gets back. It's going to be the perfect way to get it done. Probably not on the top of Mike's list is figuring out what happened at Mitch Marner's wedding. Um, if you are a Lee's fan, on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, and I, mean, I know some of these players you follow follow just like i follow some of these players um although it's mostly the wives sometimes that you see that that throw the the social they're a little more socially in, uh, in tune than some of the players are but it was an interesting ceremony for mitch marner and his fiance who did tie the knot um in niagara on the lake stephanie lachance lachance i think is her uh, how you pronounce her name uh so they tied the knot 
over in uh, Niagara Lake from the Peller Estates is from what uh, I rec- I heard saw in the article, and there were qu- quite a few players at this wedding. I felt like maybe there were more NHL players than maybe some friends and family. I mean, I'm sure both players had quite a both uh, Mitch and his and his wife had quite a few family members at the wedding, but. Let's roll off some of the lists that made to this big event. We have Austin Matthews, William Neander, and Jake Muzzin. We all know that they're kind of a very tight group, especially Marner Muzzin. If you remember when Muzzin got hurt, how Marner kind of talked about that, and it felt like a you know pretty upsetting situation to discuss on Mitch's part. And you know, some people will see some of the names and they'll be surprised. And I'll explain why I'm not surprised by some things. Matt Martin was there. I know that Matt Martin and Mitch Marner were really close. Let's not forget that Mitch Marner at one point in his career was playing on a line with Matt Martin. So when you're line mates and Matt Martin, obviously being the type of player he is, he's bringing a young guy into the locker room and kind of showing him the ropes. And a a lot of times there's, you know, relationships formed with family, in this case, fiancés, and this case now wives. So it wasn't surprising to see Matt Martin was at this wedding. Uh, it was a little surprising to see this this group of players. I kind of call them the the I wouldn't say forgotten players, but kind of players that were former Leafs that you know, are like, oh yeah, like James Van Riems, like Jake Gardner and Tyler Bozak. There was a video of Bozak and Gardner dancing at the wedding, and a lot of people were just kind of like having a nostalgia feeling just of that you know 2016 season where the Leafs were kind of the group that everyone started to kind of really rally behind. And a lot, I mean, really that was the final kind of straw for a lot of these guys with, you know, Bozak Gardner and JVR JVR. We'll see a lot more of this year. He's playing with the Boston Bruins. So JVR back in the Atlantic. So we'll see quite a bit of him, although injuries have been an issue with him. So how much we'll actually see uh, will be, uh, will be interesting there. That wasn't, all of the former players that were there, we had Nazem Kadri. He was there. Uh, he actually tweeted out a photo with it was him, Tyson Berry, and Michael Bunting. So that was that was quite the quite the um, quite the group there. The group photo there, and you had Austin Matthews flexing in the photo. Actually, let me see. I can probably share my screen. I can show you the photo here. I found this photo to be one of the more interesting ones that I saw from the from the weekend here. All right, here we go. We got Austin Matthews flexing, uh, and you've got Marner right in the middle here. He did say tarps off at, at weddings. That's his thing. You have Bunting to the right here. You have you have Tyson Berry, and then you have obviously Kadri, who obviously recognizable with his. But obviously, even with the hand, I can tell that was Kadri there. Um, also interesting to find out that uh, Joe Thornton and Patrick, I mean, not surprising that Patrick Marlowe was there. We know Marlowe and Marner had a really good relationship. But it was a little surprising here that Jumbo was at the wedding. But it just seemed like Marner invited everyone that he kind of had a former relationship with. And yes, for any Leafs fans, Zeus the dog was uh, Marner's dog. Who is very uh, close with the Marners? Um, we I always see Zeus post. I actually met Zeus. Well, didn't meet him, but I did see him at a 
event that Marner was having. So very, he is very attached to his dog Zeus. So seemed like a really good time, you know, good time. And now hopefully with the parties happening and done, maybe there's a little bit of talk of one of these deals getting done. So we don't have to hear about waiting around for the Nylander Matthew stuff. We'll see. I'm not too overly concerned about the Matthews one. The Nylander one feel like there's a little bit more of a time crunch to figure that out before training camp happens. I did say there were some other uh, news I wanted to get to. Um, both of them kind of tough situations that we know we're kind of still waiting to hear about Rodion Amirov. That was, um, so I don't know if anyone, I mean, I don't speak Russian. I don't read Russian. Last time I had to do that, I actually found somebody that spoke Russian that translated. I didn't get a chance to get in touch with them to confirm the story, but it was put out in the in a Russian outlet called Sports Express that the team in the KHL that signed Amirov to a one-year deal. So some people thought that that one-year deal was kind of to give him a chance to continue working with the team, get the treatments that he's needed as he continues to fight uh, his diagnosis when he was diagnosed with a brain uh, tumor. So we do, uh, in 2022, we do know that that was, um, that was the news was shared there. And I know Amirov, um, Amir has been working hard to try to keep himself in shape. You know, he still was still on the ice training. And we know that there were some setbacks to his recovery. Um, but he did, there is some hope that potentially, that there was a positive trend in his recovery. He's continuing treatment, but that he would he would return to the ice at some point. So this was by the GM of uh, Salavat Yolev UFA. Ufa, sorry, Ufa is how they do it in Russia. Um, so it's kind of something to watch out for this year. Can Rodion Amirov be kind of, I, I would say one of the, the bigger... Uh, comeback stories I would see in a long time. This is it's not an easy situation that he's dealing with. Um, I have a personal connection to someone who has dealt with the brain tumor, and I know uh, just just how tough of a battle that is. The impact that a brain tumor can have, the recovery, the treatments are very tough. So the fact that Omirov is still pushing to get himself back on the ice is uh, very admirable. Um, so let's see, hopefully some positive news. Am I hoping that one day he gets to the NHL? It would be lovely, but that's not even my first priority with him. Just him being healthy and gets past this would be even a, a bigger blessing there. Unfortunately, some sadder news, um, on, uh, from the, what we got this weekend, uh, Ron or last week, Roni Hirvinen, who was the, you know, really tough summer for him. He had the concussion and development camp that ended his development camp. And then it was announced by, uh, by the team or it was just announced by Finnish outlet that uh, Timo Hirvonen, Roni Hirvonen's father passed away at the age of 49. So just, just, I, I, you know, this was a, this was really shocking to hear, you know, somebody so young, you know, you lose and, and a young player to lose his father. I'm sure that, it's a very tough situation for him and his family. So just from us here at Locked on Lease, we want to wish uh, Roni just, you know, our deepest condolences for that. And hopefully, you know, he gets to spend the time with his family and go through and deal with the situation. So um, 
I know it's a somber way to end the podcast. I didn't want to bring it up early in the podcast and kind of ruin the mood a little bit here. So uh, we wish Roni the best here at Lockdown Leafs. All right. Uh, that will end us here today on the show. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit more when Mike gets back about things, how things currently stand with the Leafs and what, what to look for uh, going forward. Uh, but until then, keep locked here on Lockdown Leafs. Subscribe where you get your podcast from. Tell all your friends and family to continue to support the show. Um, and hopefully we'll catch you guys next time. See you later.